Radio. This is Catholics Read on Cradio.org.au. Hello and welcome to this episode of Catholics Read. I'm Luke. And I'm Chiara. And I'm Victoria. And today we're getting into the Christmas spirit, in a sense. Uh, and we are reading Dr. <coughs> Zeus's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. I had to kind of look over to see what it was called because it's no one ever remembers what it's actually called. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, with an exclamation mark. Um, minor point to start this off. Apparently you don't pronounce it Zeus. He, oh. he changed it later because like he couldn't get people to... But it's German and you pronounce it like Zeus. Or something. <laughs> so there's a fun fact for you, Dr. Seuss. But everyone pronounces it as Zeus, and even he thought it was okay to pronounce it as Zeus. So we're okay on pronunciation. <laughs> yes! <laughs> yes! Let's get into it. All right, let's get into it. So, um. This is a classic story that's been immortalised so forever on the screen by Jim Carrey. Um, or and, Sean Connery, and, we're not entirely sure. Yeah, Jim Carrey doing a Sean Connery impression. Um. Which in, which ensures for much hilarity and much harm, you know, heartwarming feels, as the kids say feels. these days. All as the kids feels. say these days. Um, do you want to go? You want to start, Victoria? Like you're the, the, the sort of the literature person. I here, need to admit, special. I've never actually read this book before. So I read oh. it for the first time today. I I hadn't read it before either. I think I'd read all the other Maybe Dr. Seuss. Like it. we had um, Bears on Wheels and um, Hop on Pop. Are You My Mother. Hop on Pop. Hop on Pop. The other ones. Green Eggs and Ham. I actually have never read that as far as Oh, you've got to read Green Eggs and Ham. Nor have I read that. Anyway. Got to read Green Eggs and Ham. That is an achievement of literature in itself. Because Green Eggs and Ham, it only uses 50 original unique words. I may have read half of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, because someone bet Dr. Seuss that he couldn't write a book that used 50 unique words that's or really less. Cool. So he went, oh, yeah. Oh, so yeah, that goes I, for the, sa- like, the syntax of like Sam I Am and stuff. like That's great. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I do not want green eggs in a hand. <laughs> but see, and that's why I it's do brilliant not for children who are learning to read because that's they really there good. aren't there are very, there are only fifty words in there that are unique and they get repeated over and over again so they can master the words. And it's also like the different the different ways you can use it. Anyway, we're not doing green eggs. In a hand. No, we're doing the Grinch stole Christmas, which is a little bit more complex. <laughs> um, sorry, I love green eggs in a hand. Wow. Uh, well, from from my cursory look at this book. Um, I've noticed a few things. Number one, the film has added so much. I didn't realize. Well, it would. Yeah. Well, it, no, but, yeah, it's not a very long book. <laughs> but it, but when we say a few when we say it added to the book, not in a Peter Jackson way of what it done to the Hobbit, it's <laughs> a legit ad- additions. There's legit not three. Additions. There's not. How it's not an epic Christmas. trilogy. And, and the and Battle of Five Armies. <laughs> 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 Plus a dragon that's better at Cumberbatch and a Battle of Five Armies. It's all in, but, the, but it's all in the appendix, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, um, just a quick wrap-up of what The Grinch is about. Um, it's about The Grinch uh, and Whoville. Is it mm-hmm. Whoville? Yeah, I don't know. It's Whoville. It's Whoville. Yeah. And every year they celebrate Christmas, and The Grinch doesn't like Christmas. He just doesn't like it. They sing, they make noise, they're merry, and that and is he, so anti-Grinch. And he is miserable and sad, and his heart is three sizes too small, so he mm. can't feel the love. No, he, he cannot ma- feel the love. So he decides to ruin Christmas. And the way that he does this is that he dresses up as Santa and goes around to the houses and basically is the anti-Santa by and t- steals everything from their houses, All including their, their Christmas tree. 
um, and only leaves enough food, not even enough for a who mouse, who house mouse, to eat. Um, and he takes it up to the top of the mountain. He's about to chuck it over the cliff, all joyously. And then he hears down in Whoville, they've all woken up, and they're celebrating. And he's like, what is that about? I stole everything. It's worth quoting. Yeah, go for it. I'll get it. And the Grinch, with his Grinch feet, ice cold in the snow, stood puzzling and puzzling. How could it be so? It came without ribbons, it came without tags, it came without packages, boxes or bags. And he puzzled three hours till his puzzler was sore. Then the Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. Maybe Christmas, he thought. Doesn't come from a store. <laughs> Maybe Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more. And then his heart grew. Yeah. So the Grinch realizes that the Christmas isn't about materialism. It's about something more. I mean, we, that, we that we, more we, is perhaps a bit the, the different. More, the, the more, the, the more is never, the more is never specified. So I think it can fit quite well into a Christian. Well, pretend, well, yeah, like it, it's, it's, it's open ended. It's so open ended, it but it does well. point a little bit more towards, I suppose, fellowship and goodwill. Yeah, just half of the way there. At the end of the day, is like, well, not half of the way. Requires, there, but at least it's in the right yeah. direction. And I mean, look, I love this story as a kid because it's 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 actually it's an incredibly hopeful story that no matter how sort of naturally grumpy or you know, cuz you just you just get people who are naturally more tend who tend to be more melancholic in life and mm. more pessimistic and they've always been that way. It's just the way God made them. You know, some people are, you know, wildly enthused optimists and others are the complete opposite. And so it just goes to show you that no matter what you what personality you had to start with, you can still be transformed. See, Lewis talks about divine. this. Do you remember? Yeah, back in yeah, I was back in like the first well. episode. Yeah, or, yeah. Oh, yeah. It doesn't matter what you know. Na- and I think that's what Doc and Doctor Seuss was trying to get that get at that with kids when he would, you know because this is a children's book you got to remember. And so, what is he trying to teach children? And he's trying to teach children that one Christmas is not about material things it's not about the presents it's not about all the wrappings and the decorations and the you know and the rituals it's much more than that and two that it that christmas has a has a power to transform people's hearts literally and even though the sort of the key way that it's done is is not it is is not specified specifically like there's no talk about Jesus there's no talk about God there's no talk about anything like that but there still is very Christian elements in there like mm. this 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 is a very very Christian the call, story the call nonetheless to conversion, yeah the call, to con- the call to conversion the transformation of the heart I think is mm. really yeah I think I think that's absolutely true um, and the fact and the that anti, it grew the anti um, materialism yes. of it and I don't mean materialism in like a philosophical sense I mean materialism as in like anti-consumerism yeah I guess that at the end of the day sometimes we can become very obsessed with the focused on all the material the- I mean Christmas time is meant to be a time of awaiting the saviour in the same way that we await his second coming Sometimes it can be very difficult to remember that when you're trying to buy presents for and trying your to mother, you know, trying and to buy presents the end of it, for you that really annoy yeah yeah and and you and you get to Christmas time and it's all crazy and it's all busy and you're cooking and you're cleaning and you're doing everything and it just comes and it goes and it disappears and mm. it's then octave well I mean there is no octave anymore but oh, really? um, no only Easter I think really. Well, they, well, there was never really a Christmas octave that. anyway. It was always yeah, a twelve days. It was twelve days, though. But that yeah. was only between Christmas and the Epiphany. There yeah. was 
there oh, was there, there wasn't active Christmas. Anyway, <laughs> Easter got too close. <laughs> all of that aside, yeah. we still have the Easter octave, which is all good. Um, but yeah, it's um, what was I talking about? Um, yeah, the the whole Christmas that it shouldn't be about. We try to make ourselves really busy. We try to make ourselves, and we don't necessarily do this intentionally, but it's just we that get caught up in the in the broader cultural narratives around Christmas that are all about oh you're not if you're not busy you're not doing it right if you're not like throwing every bit of possible food you've got you're not doing it right if you're not buying extravagant gifts for every single person you possibly could know even if you've only met them once you're not doing it right yeah and it all it all feeds into this this consumer mentality that we have in our culture now that really at the end of the day Christmas is incredibly important for our economy yeah, because people, well, retail, if, we, anyway. if, if we, if if next year everyone decided, you know what, we're not going to buy Christmas presents, our economy would probably collapse. <laughs> Maybe not that extreme, but it would come pretty close. Reta- retail would pre- would be hit pretty hard. Like, yeah. I mean, you you know you you would see this on advertising and things like that. Like every single every time something ends, something new begins in terms of like retail trying to get you to buy something. It's it was Father's Day. As soon as Father's Day stops, clear out any references to dads or anything like that. Up goes the trees, up goes the snow, in comes Santa. Well, no, no, no. well now there's Halloween. Australia, in Australia, we're increasingly getting into Halloween. So well, out, in have... comes the Halloween stuff. Then as soon as Halloween's over, out it all goes and in comes Christmas. the Christmas stuff. Yeah, we haven't, and then we haven't New quite Year's. figured out a... how, to, how to import Thanksgiving quite yet. Yeah. But I'm sure <laughs> they will get around to it one day. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But yeah, I know. I mean, these kinds of things—it's—it's it's putting the—it's putting the cart before the horse, really. Like, it's a—it's rather silly that the reason why we give gifts, the reason why we have these big celebrations, is not so that we can have big celebrations and give gifts. That doesn't make any sense. Like, no. it just becomes a self-referential paradox that. We all, for some arbitrary reason, at the end of the year, on work the twenty-fifth of December, to to have this thing where we give each other gifts at the end of the day the reason why we have those is that cultural outgrowths from the fact that it's a great celebration that christ came into the world in such a very uh great way it's it's rather ironic i was seeing something i saw something on twitter today which was fantastic and it was gk cheston saying something along the lines of actually i'll look it up now he said and i think this really gets to the heart of what the Grinch is perhaps trying to say and what is something that's a very uh, interesting Christmas message. So this is from Chesterton. Christmas is built upon a beautiful and intentional paradox that the birth of the homeless should be celebrated in every home. That's really interesting because you've got to remember that Christ, when he came into the world, was essentially homeless. He was Mm. born basically in a cave, in a stable, in the cold around animals like that's pretty horrific i mean it looks nice in the nativity scene oh it's been it's been a little bit it's been glamorized just a touch (laughs) but that's it but there's an irony there because saint francis in initiating that tradition wanted to really experience how horrible this situation what how horrible and yet beautiful this situation was Mm. now it's become a little bit glamorized but This comes back to what I guess we're talking about with the Grinch here is that once you strip everything away, even if you're in such the situation which our Lord was in when he was born, that it was such a time of great joy that the shepherds who, you know, had all sorts of 
terrible things all over them because they carried sheep around and ugh, yuck. They <laughs> smelled. The they smelled like their sheep. They smelt like their sheep, and that we're not referring to lanolin there. No. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, and they were absolutely dirt, dirt poor. I guess just in the same way that the who, the whovillians, the who's, is that what they're called? The, the who's, the who's, were in a sense made dirt poor by the Grinch because he stole all their stuff, and yeah. yet how happy were they? Yeah, Very happy. It's it's wonderful, um, and I think that even though there's no mention of Christ in in this book, at the end of the day, that's where it ends up going back to, because the Christmas story is a story of hope within a circumstance that makes absolutely no sense. God came into the world sort of in the most destitute way. Like it's it just seems so strange that no no person would have really ever thought that up. Um, and we celebrate that in in a way that can often sometimes miss the point. <laughs> um, but yeah, any other any other thoughts, Victoria? Do you have any thoughts on like the 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 way that he rhymes on his poetic? <laughs> the style? only thing I can actually say about this book, besides the fact that I love the movie <laughs> so much. Is that it is a great introduction. I've never, I've never really thought about this, but I really should. It's a great introduction to poetry for young kids because it's. I was just flicking through each page, and I thought I'd try and find a theme, in terms of his style or pattern, and it actually changes. So he starts does, in yeah. uh, A A B B, which would be a standard, sort of, uh, narrative sort of poem, um, like a ballad sort of. Um, and then he goes into free verse. He's got sprung rhythm. Um, I have no idea what to... any of these things oh, are. Oh, look, I'll, I'll, I'll go into it. Here we go. little poetry lesson for you all. So at all one right. point, we've got... Um, the Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. It could be his head wasn't screwed on just right. It could be perhaps that his shoes were too tight. A, B... No, A, A, B, B. Yeah. You've got... Oh, we've got free verse. Um, free verse is towards the end. I'm sure there's a reason for that, but I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. It was quarter past dawn, all the who's still abed, all the who's still a snooze. There's a bit of, yeah, it's a bit of alliteration there. No, not alliteration. What's the one with the... Assonance. Assonance. Wow. Someone year hire 11. me. It's the end of the, it's, it's the, end of the year, me. people. It's the end I of the year. I promise I know the English. I know it. <laughs> and you uh, English? That's huh? impossible. <laughs> uh, we're quoting The Simpsons. <laughs> it was bound to happen. I'm learning. Of course. Um, sprung rhythm is where you... We talked about uh, that before with Jared Manley Hopkins. He, uh, You put in more stressed than unstressed. So, for instance, uh, a really crude example would be... They'd sing and they'd sing and they'd sing, 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 sing. Okay. I thought that was quite cool that he rhymed sing like three With times. Sing. <laughs> Just to be sure. It's like that Kodak thing. Does yeah. anyone know the... What? Ah, uh, never mind. It's all right. There's too much to get into. <laughs> there was like this song by some rapper and it was like a Facebook thing. It was like rhyming Kodak with Kodak. <laughs> anyway, it was just quite funny the way that they did it. But yeah, um, maybe someone with more cultural knowledge out there. Pop culture knowledge. Rap is actually very... In- anyway... Just putting it out there. It's Rap's actually quite good. Like Rap when you has get into some literary integrity that I refuse I, to admit for about a decade, and now I think that it is. It some, does. It can like be for quite instance, good. there's like, um, like the like it has sprung rhythm, it has like repetition. It's got a beat. Uh 
Eminem songs I've got to say are actually the pinnacle of it most of the time. Whoa, Eminem, so, Slim Shady. Not actually up with rap. I just know that his stuff is very good because I was subjected to it in high school by my friends. Hi guys, <laughs> <laughs> loved it. <laughs> totally, <laughs> Toads loved it. Um, that's about it. There's there's an excellent literary quality to this. You should read it to your children, but not only read it to them, have them read it, um, mm. perform it. I think it would be amazing. But it's it's got such a dramatic flair to this story. Actually, it's a lot of Dr. Seuss's writing. It's so animated. It is. And yet it's in a book. Like, it's not meant to be read just sort of monotone. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now, please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. Like, you know. No, you're meant to have someone like, for instance, uh, John Hurt or. Oprah or something, read it. (laughs) I was going to say David Attenborough, but okay. I don't know, she just popped into my head. Oh my gosh, how soothing would that be, David Attenborough reading this story? (laughs) Basically someone who has, you know, inflection, uh, dynamics, just, you need it all. (laughs) (laughs) We've got to try something on. You've got to try it. (laughs) Well, because I'm the expert on the Sean Connery accent, am I? All right, here we go. Here we go, here we go. Every who, down in Whoville, liked Christmas a lot. (laughs) But the Grinch who lived just north of Whoville did not. The Grinch hated Christmas the whole Christmas season. Now please don't ask why. No one quite knows the reason. (laughs) I think that was pretty good. That was quite good. I think that was pretty good for a chick. What's that Sean Connery joke? I must ask you a question, but I'm shaving it for later. (laughs) No, the one that's like... (laughs) My books fell on my head. I have only my shelf to blame. Or something like that. It's really good. It's terrible. Anyway. It's a terrible pun. My anyway, favourite is a moustache one. Man, we're, we're, we've, got, we've got so many references in this. Um, like, this is a Wikipedia apo- article. Apologize yeah. to sh- uh, I apologise to Sean Connery if you ever hear me trying to do your, do <laughs> your voice. Um, if you would like to hit me, I totally deserve it. Because that was... All right. I think, I think we'll there needs to be a slide. note in t- um, a note of commendation in terms of the illustration as well. I think it's. Yeah. I think every child in as well. every child in the Western world knows yeah. Dr. Seuss's style. No yeah. one else mm-hmm. is like this. It's it's quite incredible, actually. Like to, because then they're they're humanoid. They're not humans. They're whatever they are. The who's. The who's. It's just interesting. And creative yeah, genius. Yeah, it is actually, and even just on a visual note, like this particular edition, it. Two colours, red and black. That's quite white. standard yeah. for Seuss, though. He'll yeah, usually is white quite, and... He's quite, monochroma- yeah. he's quite monochromatic in his illustrations. So, and that just adds to it, actually. Like, I mean, it was done for a practical reason, because yeah. paper was... Because of the money. Well, ink was expensive. Coloured ink was expensive. But I reckon, like, the the book that we've got here, like as you said, there's just white and... and bl- uh, red and black, sorry, red, black and white. Um, which is most of the editions that you'll find. Like, even when I was looking at the Wikipedia article, that was mm. the edition that was on there. So I think it's the standard one. And then you see it on, on the back of the page, you've got one that's in full colour. I'm so glad it's just red, white, and black. Yeah, because it'd be colors, overwhelming. It's just too intense. It'd be yeah. overwhelming. Yeah. And, you know, and that's, and I think that's really part of the beauty of the simplicity of this. Like, his writing is very simple and it's very clear and it's very animated. And all of those figures, like, it's all hand drawn in ink. Like, you can't see any pencil. Ink mm. is really unforgiving. Just pointing that out there. It's a skilled illustrator who plays with ink and, you know, sort of creates very intricate drawings like that. 
Hmm. And I really, you know, I mean, it's one of my favourite stories from Christmas time. Like, I have really, really distinct memories of my parents reading this to me as a kid. And, you know, then, and then, you know, going, and then, of course, the movie was made when I was a bit older, and that was uh, much to, of much delight to everybody. Um, especially because Jim Carrey is the is an awesome Grinch. No one else. Jim <laughs> Carrey. But it's true. No one, Could you could guy. you name another actor that would be capable of capturing the magic of that of the Grinch on film? Jim Carrey's quite unique. I don't think you couldn't think of anyone else who could do. Like maybe I mean who he, could he, do he, that he story better. He doesn't have the build, but like Robin Williams or someone like that. Like it has to be someone pretty cr- like. Like in that, that like that that manic kind of energy, yeah, that just complete energy that he's able to. But again, like Rowan Williams, um, yeah, he doesn't quite have the build, but he has the personality. Certainly got the hair, had the hair. All <laughs> <laughs> I have to do is dye him green. There we go. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think there's there's not there's not a lot to say about this because I think the book really speaks for itself. I think it really does hit the heart there um, of. It's very anti-consumerist, which I think is is good, but it's not, like, in your face. Um, Dr. Zeus, I think, said himself um, something about that kids can pick a moral a mile away. And so he mm-hmm. tries to be very sneaky with it. Um, and he is. He's very sneaky with this. You don't look at it and you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen here, because you don't know what's going to happen here. Like... It's and I think it's quite a healthy way that it ends. Uh, one of the one of the only things that I didn't quite like about the movie, um, or that I don't like about the movie now, is oh, that's telling me we should stop soon. Um, Five more minutes. Yeah, this will be my final point. Is that it tries to go into like in an attempt to try and fill out the story, it tries to go into the backstory of the Grinch of why he's like bad and why that kind he of thing became the person he is, and it beca- mm. and it can become this kind of thing of like this. No bad people are bad by their own volition. Mm. And it's like that kind of... Okay, that that might be true to a certain extent, but it kind of takes away from the morality of it. You kind of... It obscures the bit at the end, which is that the Grinch becomes good because his heart is warmed to it. It doesn't... You don't have the collateral damage of making the Who's look bad. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, and that was yeah. one of the problems in the film. It's like, yeah. everyone's bad anyway. And the only reason why there's bad people is because they had bad things done to them anyway. Okay, there's, there's a certain sense of truth in that. But this kind of makes it simpler. You've got, a good, you've got good guys who are well-meaning people. You've got a bad guy. His, he has a conversion of sorts and he becomes good. The end. Everyone goes home happy. And I think that's one of the really good things about it is that it's able to deliver that Christmas message of the heart of what Christmas is about, even though it doesn't do it in a religious sense, it still touches on the themes in a way that's very digestible for children, in a way that I imagine they would be able to remember quite easily. And the other thing about Dr. Seuss is, too, is it's quite enjoyable for adults. Like, it's very enjoyable. so much fun reading that you know, book. Like, and this is, like, this is the art to children's literature. You've got to get the adults across the line. And that's like that's why things like The Wiggles were so successful, because they wrote with the adults in mind, because they wanted to create music that adults could stand to listen to over and over Is and over true? and over. Yeah. Oh. That's well, it. They were music, like, they were, well, they were the cockroaches yeah, were by day. Or, yeah. yeah. No, wait, no. The Wiggles by day, cockroaches by night. No, 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 no. They were the cockroaches first, then they became the Wiggles. Okh. Um, so and uh, not so the only cockroaches t- by eighties and the wiggles <laughs> by nineties. Pretty much, yes. <laughs> Pretty much, yes. Is how I uh, know they was doing the wiggles in the late eighties, actually. Okay, and there um, was some crossover, fr- I think. Yeah, there was a little bit yeah. of crossover, and then they went full time into the wiggles gig. But anyway, but that is the art to 
nailing a good children's story is you don't want to make it so blah that only you know parents just get sick of reading it again yeah. and again and again yeah. because your children demand repetition of things <laughs> that they like and so if you can't stand if you can't you, if you want to throw the book after the 100th read in you know the space of a week sorry you haven't hit the nail on the head yeah. try go back go back and try again if you want to look something up people as last last point Dr. Seuss created a cartoon. It's a 20-minute cartoon, and it's about the Cold War. And it is one of the most deep... Like, it is one of the most incredible pieces of animation I have ever seen. It's 20 minutes long, well worth watching, because it really captures the essence of what was going on during the Cold War. Mm-hmm. Like, re- in, and in, such, in a way that is so simple and so plain that it's like... It, it just highlights the insanity of the time, mm. in a way. Mm. It really highlights the political insanity of the time. So, And Dr. Seuss created that animation. Like, it's all him. Yeah. So yeah. if you want to look at... If you want to do something, doc, you know, Dr. Seussy and something that's really... That really captures the spirit and the essence of a very particular time that we have no idea about. Like, our generation, we have no idea what the Cold War was like. Yeah. Absolutely zero. Absolutely none. But that little clip like totally opened the world up to me so go 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 watch that it's on youtube last question of the thing was he an actual doctor dr seuss he might have been a phd in something i don't know just something i was wondering hang on the mystery of dr seuss was he actually a doctor uh also as a side note yeah yeah he uh, he intended to earn a PhD in English literature. Let's see if he actually did it. <laughs> he intended I in- to. I intended to. Thus, I am now a doctor. It is the only instance of the word PhD. I don't know anyone out there who knows if Doctor Zeus was actually a doctor. Or email not. us in. Honorary doctorates count as well. <laughs> he probably had an honorary doctorate. Although that's better a bit have had an honorary doctorate. A recent thing. Anyway, so it's probably a bit late, but go read it. Uh, for next Christmas. Oh, it's, you know what? Christmas, I'll just read it Christmas, anyway. Christmas is a whole season, so you know. Yeah. There's twelve day there's twelve days of Christmas, so read it all then too. There's like there's like two weeks or something, isn't it? I don't know. Ordinary time doesn't start until the twelfth. Yeah, because you've got the Holy Family and then the Epiphany. Yay. Yes. The baptism is the first yes. first Sunday of ordinary time. So there you go. Anyway, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, great book. Do yourself a favour, as Molly Meldrum would say, if I had a Molly Meldrum hat, um, and go read it and read it to your children, because it's great. In the next episode, we're finally going to get around to... Heart of Darkness. To Heart of Darkness. So, at a total contrast to this week, we're doing Heart of Darkness. It's going to be interesting. So, join us next time for Heart of Darkness by Joseph Conrad. Bye. 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 That was an episode of Catholics Free from cradio.org.au.